and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hey, Careering fans. I am so excited today to be on with Tara Rigo of Spectrum Reach. Tara, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lori. You bet. We're sitting on a beautiful balcony right now overlooking Tampa. We're at the Digital Dealer Conference. And I thought Tara was the perfect person to talk to about female leadership, what drives women, and what drives her. So let's just jump right in. Tell us a little bit about your role at Spectrum Reach and how you got to uh, be at that company. So I am the Director of Automotive Sales and Strategy. So basically, I help develop partnerships with OEMs, dealer groups, and uh, dealerships as well. Um, just bringing and connecting all the dots for their marketing and advertising. Okay, great. That's so awesome. So one of the reasons I wanted you on the show, Tara, is you and I talking uh, personally, you really have discussed this idea of kind of grit in business and a great work ethic. So tell us a little bit about like how you got your start, what you did after high school, um, kind of your journey to get here. Well, right out of high school, I joined the Army. Um, so obviously I wanted some, uh, college money. I don't come from a family with a lot of money and, uh, to get away from mom and dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I spent uh, about four and a half, almost five years in the Army, getting out of the Army. Um, I realized as soon as I got in the Army, actually, that the work ethic that my father had instilled in me yeah, uh, really helped me in that environment. A lot of people talk about how that's how I could never have people telling me what to do or what yep. have you. That was never an issue for me. I had strong work ethic going in. And then being in the military helped instill, you know, what it means to be a team and to, uh Learn how to be a leader and lead others and with that entire team atmosphere. I love that. So, and I did not know that about you. Like we've known each other on a professional basis. So I didn't realize you started in the army. Right. That's so cool. <laughs> so then you, you move out of the army and what's your next step? So yeah, after I got out of the army, I had to finish some school still. I wasn't done with school. So I became a cocktail waitress slash bartender. And, um, I had was doing that and had finished school at that point, been doing it for about three years. And, uh, one day, a group of guys sat at a table wearing their shirts and ties and all of that. And I, I upsold the snot out of them the entire <laughs> night. Um, of course you did. <laughs> if you guys know Tara now, you know she is fantastic at sales. So this was her early on. Yeah. I just, you know, and then the one guy at the end of the night kind of grimaced about his bill a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, is everything okay? And he's like, hey, if I had one salesperson that was as good as you here tonight, I wouldn't be sweating this bill. When I asked him what he did, he was the general manager of a car dealership. And yep. um, I, two days later, I was working for him. I love this. I mean, so great that you took your own initiative <laughs> and that he took the initiative to find uh, talent when where he did. I mean, I talk to people about this all the time. Like, don't just look within your own industry, right? This is a perfect example of you working in, as a waitress yeah. and him finding what became this powerhouse for them. So you move into the dealership and you start just rocking it, right? Yeah. I mean, I started selling cars. I knew nothing. I, zero. Yeah. Um, sold my first car after my second day, saw that this is going to be a very viable and wonderful career for me. Yeah. Um, Sold cars for six years, moved into F&I, did that for another five, became an uh, F&I director from there as a sales manager, used car sales oh manager, gosh. BDC manager. You did it all? Yeah, all the way to GM. Wow. Yeah. 
All right. And then during this time, you're growing, you're growing, you're, you know, and I think you like to talk about your dad, you feel like really gave you the work ethic for the army and for your ability to be in the dealership. So talk to us a little bit about that. So, you know, I think one of the biggest things when you move into that sales position or even a leadership position is work ethic. Um, you have to, because you have so much time on your hands, you know, Mm -hmm. it's how you use that time and what you turn it into. I remember one of my first sales managers, my nickname was one a day because (laughs) I would sell one car a day. Wow. Wow. I know things are a little bit different in this time right now, but, uh, but that was my work ethic. My, my whole goal every day was I had my processes I went through. I called all my people, you know, I'd send messages, I'd reach out, I'd send letters, all of those different things. And then my goal was to get one customer a day. It wasn't even trying to sell that customer. Okay. It was just get one customer a day and listen to what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, I think listening is just a huge factor that people forget when they talk about the process of a sale. Yeah. When they talk about selling, um, you have to build relationships. You yes. have to listen to what people want. So you and I, I know, feel very aligned on this. I'm very, very big on not really even thinking of it as sales. Thinking of it yeah. as relationship building, right? Exactly. And so listening is a key component of that. And I think as females, we actually really excel at that. This is one of those areas where not all females, I mean, just like not all males, you know, do this or that, but I think most females do a better job of listening to pain points. And in a way that can, we can use that to advance our careers quite a bit. Exactly. At 100%, I think listening to people and Really, while you're listening to them, not just hearing them, but listening to them, yes. you know what it is that they want, what they truly want, yep. and what they need. And by knowing those things, you're able to help them succeed. And when you help others succeed, it obviously, it just pushes yourself forward. Yes. And I love that because that truly is being in a leadership role and delivering on a need that someone has versus, uh, you know, you're delivering a need or a pain point. And that truly is the impetus of the sale. So, of course, you were successful. Right. If you were able to do that. Yeah. I was just given feedback the other day for myself <laughs> from a lovely mentor of mine that was like, if I could tell you one thing that would help you in your career more than anything else, it would be active listening. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm still working on that, right? Like it's still very much for me and I'll, and I'll find myself wanting to jump into the middle of a conversation just to be heard and have to like literally stop myself from doing that. It's a, it's a constant effort, right? Yeah. And you have to, if you find yourself when you're talking to somebody, whether it be your employee, whether it be someone you're trying to sell something to, whether it be anything, if you find yourself figuring out what I'm going to say in response to it, instead of actually listening to what they're saying, yes. you've lost it. Uh-huh. You've lost yep. it. You have to really be interested and listen. And it's okay if you don't respond immediately. Yes. It's okay if after they're speaking, you pause for a second to actually take it in. It's appreciated most of the time. That's another thing that I'm working on as well is just pausing. And this, and I thought it was so brilliant because this person told me, he said, I know how smart you are and I know what you're doing, but what happens when you immediately jump in at the moment they're done, it makes you seem nervous. And it makes you seem like you don't know what you're talking about. And you do. He was like, I just know for you, it's your energy. Right. But if someone doesn't know you, that can be seen as being nervous about the conversation. And so I just thought it was fascinating. Slow is better sometimes. Yeah. So you have women that have 
come up behind you. You were in all of these leadership roles. Beyond listening, what are some of the other things that you tell uh, the women that come up behind you that you think could help them with their? Wow. So that's, you know, I think about women who come up behind me. I think I treat all women and men the same. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that women leaders have the hardest time doing is not treating women and men the same. We tend to be harder on our sisters, right? We yes. Do, we tend, I we tend to expect more of them. We tend to expect them to handle more um, for whatever reason. I, that could be for a multitude of different reasons in our own mind because we said I could have done it so they should be able to do right. it in a scenario. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I just, I really focus on trying to make sure that I'm bringing everybody up equally and the same and treating them all the same. And I think that is to the benefit because I know there's plenty of women out there who've had those women leaders. Mm-hmm. They're like, they expect me to do more than my male counterparts. Yeah. Um, so focusing on not doing that, but as a leader, knowing that I'm trying to treat, treat everybody the same, giving everyone their opportunity to shine, yes. showing them that I'm empowering them, I have faith in them, and that if I didn't, they wouldn't be where they were. That's amazing. Okay, so basically your rock star at business, we found this. <laughs> One of the things we focus on as well in this podcast is how you make it all work right at home. So tell us a little bit about your home life um, and then go into maybe how are, do you have any strategies or systems that help you keep it all together? Keep it all together. Um, I think the first was getting my adult children out of the house. Um, <laughs> okay, how old are, how many kids and how, how old are they? <laughs> so they're old. Um, <laughs> um my oldest is 33. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. And then um, he's actually a finance director up in the Detroit market. Okay. Uh, my middle child is 30, and she's a translator in Germany. Oh, my gosh. And then my youngest, he's 27 and a service manager. Oh, that is fantastic. Wow. So you really automotive, like, runs in the family. We, my husband and I kind of, like, yeah, pass the bug on to our children. and So it really seems like everyone in your family is almost in the automotive space. Yeah. Yeah. It it became contagious. Once I got into the business, um, I met my husband. He's Mm -hmm. my second husband. Um, but he was in the business as well. And then I brought in my brother, my sisters, my children. Yeah. All of them. (laughs) Um, But, uh, I, I worked so many hours when I was, um, on the auto side before I moved over to the vendor side. Yeah. Um, 80 hours a week. I will say juggling that workload was really difficult because I never wanted to be the one to say, I have to pick up my child from daycare. I already felt there was a stigma because I was a woman that, oh, you wouldn't be able to handle the hours. Right. And then I remember I'd get angry when my male counterparts all of a sudden say, I have to go pick up my child. I'm like, no one ever let me pick and up my child. they're seen as heroes, right? right? Like if they say that, not only they're are they allowed to go, it's like, oh my gosh, what a great dad. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember being very envious of that, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, it was, it was a, it was a horrible balance. It was, I, I struggled a lot with that to the point, you know, when my son was like a preteen, if I knew I, he was like being punished and I couldn't leave him home because he would, you know, do whatever he wanted. Yeah. I'd bring him to the dealership with me and I'd hook him up with one of the porters to go out and clean the lot. I love it. That um, was actually a great, that was probably a great lesson for him though. Yeah, he hated it, but yeah. porters loved it because then they, they didn't have to do it. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I really, really struggled with that work-life balance yeah. and putting it all together. Um, and like I said, I probably didn't really have it. So I got my adult children to finally leave the home. To leave. And yeah. now I work. A lot less the hours. I have a lot more time management going on because I'm on the side I'm on. And 
it would have been amazing to see how that actually would have been yes, with having my children. But having said that, we talk a lot on the show about work-life balance and mom guilt. And um, I'm sure you've seen some things in your kids or they've said some things to you of the lessons that you've instilled in them from working that hard. So like, can you share any examples or Ugh. something that you've heard from them in that regard? So what I will say, both our boys, um, the oldest, he has great respect for what I did, what his father did. Um, and he just has great respect for how we raised them. Yeah. Um, and he brings it up quite frequently and that's why he got into the car industry. He, wow. Like I said, he's an FNI now. He knows I did FNI for years. He calls me for, you know, people I might know or ideas of how to get deals done still to this day. That's awesome. Um, and I think that that's great. And then the youngest one, he brags about his work ethic. So oh. it definitely passed down, right? Yeah. Yes. And so that's, I think, the biggest lesson that I've learned. You know, this is year three of the podcast. I started it because I really wanted to dig into how women were making it work and whether they were working just a little bit of the time, whether they were working like you 80 hours a week. But one thing that's really become apparent is there are some really, really great things that we hand down to our kids when they see us working. Yeah. And when they see us striving for a goal and accomplishing those goals. And so I hope all the moms out there listening understand that, like, Yes, we're sacrificing in some ways, but we're also giving these kids a lot yeah. of lessons. A hundred percent. I used to think, you know, they're going to resent me because I wasn't there. Yeah. I didn't do all these things. And I'll even say some things like that to them. Sometimes they're like, no, you. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, that like you were there when, where we needed you. And, you know, you did this, and you did that. Oh. And I remember my youngest, and maybe he just didn't know enough of me. I don't know. But I remember... <laughs> At one point, the neighborhood we lived in, most of the women didn't work. Yes. Right? There was a lot of the women who just, they didn't work. And my son thought they were all winos. <laughs> and perhaps they were. And let's be honest. And perhaps they were. And he said, he said, we were at the bus stop this morning, Mom, and all the kids said, you're the only sober mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> And it's because you were working. It's because I was never home. I mean, for all they knew, I could have been drinking. I mean, that I is hilarious. You're like, oh, no, I'm just drinking at work. It's yeah. all good, kids. <laughs> I don't have time to drink. Right. Well, this has been wonderful. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to share with women or about your, um, you know, work journey to this point that you'd like to end with? Yeah, I believe, and this is at my core, um, you can do and accomplish whatever you truly want. Um, nothing can really stop you except for yourself. So, yes. you know, don't think that because you're a woman or because you haven't been in the workforce for 10 years or anything that you can't do it. You can do whatever you want. Just put your mind to it and go get it. Oh my gosh. I'm getting like wave after wave of chills. As you're talking. I really am. I just, you may have seen me. I was just looking at my arms. Like am I showing goosebumps? Um, well, this is fantastic. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? How can they, how can they look for you? Well, they could definitely find me on LinkedIn. Okay. I, I, yep. I've got a big following there or they could reach out to me via email. I respond to email all the time. I have okay. plenty of mentorships I do as well. And my email is tararigo at comcast.net. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. From Lori. beautiful Tampa. From beautiful Tampa. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you. Thank you.